The following podcast contains strong language and ridiculous cartoon scenarios conjured up by two self-proclaimed comedy wizards. Between you and me, they're more like Saturday morning court jesters fueled by sugary cereal. But either way, the opinions expressed and presented are mere musings, so please humor their well-intentioned hijinks with a laugh and not by taking anything they say seriously. Unless, of course, you want to pay them to say something else. Could always use a new pair of shoes. Welcome to ReviewParty.com. I'm Zombie Brent. I am Death Daring Matt. Why? How come you can't? I don't know. I'm Xylophone Zombie Brent. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> I, I only say I'm Death Daring because in my hands, I have one canister of G Fuel Energy Formula by the flavor of, of which we know, longtime listeners obviously know. <laughs> It's none other than chili dogs. That's what we got for the Halloween? I mean, the the funk of 40,000 years. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to unleash. Oh, you're open. So, happy Halloween. Matt's going to unleash the chili dog smell into the review party sound booth. Oh, God, I hear yep. it. Yep. I'm so nervous. <laughs> this is reviewparty.com. We usually talk about reviews. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, is it, it is, like it's not it's, staler? It's grown stronger. <laughs> <laughs> Fermented? It is just it packs a punch. It's <laughs> it just smells like hot dog water. It smells like 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 <laughs> you know, like real bad chili. We're like that chili's burned. Oh and it smells a little it smells a little it's like butt chili. It's, it's bad. It's like it's like sixth day of the fair. This thing's been reheated, Ooh. burnt up. It's just it was sludge in the first place, and now it's beyond. Yeah, it attacks your nose first, and then it just forces its way down down your throat into your stomach. And anyway, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. This is ReviewParty.com. Uh, when we're not sniffing chili dog energy drink powder, <laughs> we are. <laughs> <laughs> reading about reviews, making fun of reviews, talking about reviews. We we usually get a review to start off with from places like, I don't know, Kmart.com. I'm sure they have reviews. <laughs> Amazon, Google. Yelp. Yelp. We've got some from G Fuel about their hot diggity dog water. Because you know what always is one of my least favorite flavors in general is like when it's just a drink mix that's just water and the mix. Uh, yeah. And there's that weird, like, watery distance between the flavors. It's, it can inevitably only taste like the, like, like if you have, like, an orange one, it tastes like an orange farted in the water. <laughs> yeah, it's a fraud. <laughs> so I can't imagine making that and it tastes like anything but a hot dog fart <sighs> energy mm. drink. Mm-hmm. This week we're going to get some spooky reviews. Should I read one? You should read one. I really should, shouldn't I? Pronto. Uh, I'm going to start off with some Halloween candy, uh, because I love I love candy. This from Amazon. We got the Charms Below Pops Halloween Favorites Assorted oh. Flavors 45 Count Bag. The Halloween Favorites, allegedly, mm-hmm. are uh, cherry, grape, watermelon, strawberry, and green apple. And I think those are just the regular favorites. Yeah, what other <laughs> do they have? As it was, whatever. 
You do you. I, th- I think they got, you know, fun flavor ones. But, yeah, those are definitely, the since I've been around. <laughs> the flavors. The blow pop flavors. But apparently, you know, especially at Halloween, oh, people yeah. are loving them. Bella Flora has this review titled, Yum. They write, I had a nostalgic moment remembering how many of these we ate in high school. Then I had to buy a giant bag of them so I could make my tongue hurt again. I ate 12 in the first three days, and my tongue nearly fell off. They taste exactly the same as they did back then, and then added a twinge of guilt and shame, craving satisfied five stars. Wow. Variety is the spice of life. I don't know that I could just do suckers for three days straight. Mm. All that gum, too. That's... I, I... I have a problem. I feel like I don't like keeping candy and and, and sweets and treats like this around the house. Because you eat it. In these sorts of quantities. Yeah, because I, too, in a, just a few days, I feel like, how did I eat this whole freaking thing in just a few days? <laughs> yeah. What is in my stomach right now? But my tongue has never hurt. Never, ever at any stage of my life or maturity or responsibility <laughs> cycle. If I eat so much candy, my tongue hurts. When your consumption reaches such levels that bodily harm <laughs> starts to become <laughs> a result. Not just that your tongue is blue or purple, but right. it's raw. It's 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 <laughs> raw as though tanned by pure sh- acid. Sugar is citric acid. Mm-hmm. Ooh. See, I did one summer drink so much Mountain Dew Code Red that my throat started to hurt. But it's the tongue soaking that's really scary. You know what I mean? And I'm not proud. I don't think that's an okay thing I did drink that much Mountain Dew. No, no. The the fact that the, the the pipe that was my trachea, I think that's <laughs> the, the food one, not the air one. <laughs> Was the, there's no way it, it wasn't being blasted by whatever I was putting in my face, but like the, the so the fact that the tongue started hurting before the throat, you know what I mean? It's sort the of what I'm getting at. The distinction for me is that no one had to know your throat was inflamed mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. the code red bad juice. Sure, but your tongue is kind of a much as we might not like to think of it. Your tongue is a shower. People mm. see your tongue. If you've got a pus purple tongue, it's <laughs> just been been ravaged by nonstop blow pop. So you think it's it's a little less shameless what I went through because I can just like take some cough drops, drink a lot of water, yeah, get on no a water regimen. Know. No one knows what's going on. He's got a summer cold. Poor kid. <laughs> Your strange tongue is flopping out all <laughs> blue and green. Got a Spider-Man symbiote venom tongue flopping out. What's up with Rodney? Lick-a-tongue style. (laughs) But I did pick this because in the spirit of Halloween, like sort of eating candy in excess. But even as a kid with a literal like pillowcase full of candy. (laughs) With no, you know, my parents weren't the type of like, okay, you can have two a day. Oh yeah, nah. they they just let me do whatever. They let me have fun. I, I, I never made myself sick. You you gotta come, please, please, Bella Flora. You gotta know your limits. Stop two before the tongue hurting, because you got. <laughs> there's gotta be signs. There's gotta be signs. Yeah, you catch an edge on like a on one of the suckers. Like, ooh, oh. that was a little stingy. Right, right when one little canker sore starts to go, ooh. 
I'm, you know, I, mm -hmm. I'll do without my sugary gum start, for Start swishing some water. The hot salt water swish is something that's so gross and so relief balming at the same time. Do you have a review? I do. Uh, I've got a Google review for the cutting edge haunted house. Where is this, you ask? This is in Texas. Where in Texas, you ask? Uh, it's in Fort Worth. Did you know that Texas is famous for chainsaw massacres? <laughs> I've heard they got some spooky stuff going on there. <laughs> uh, such as the the cutting edge haunted house. Here's a review from Chanel R. Chanel writes, absolutely under no circumstances should you go through that foam. I, I think that... <laughs> I think that was the closest I've been to a panic attack in my life. I legitimately thought I was going to pass away. <laughs> there is so much foam being pushed into that hallway that you have to close your eyes and you cannot breathe. Even if you try to cover your face so you can take in a breath of air, it doesn't work. The foam seeps through everything. Oh my god. This, <laughs> this hallway of foam is much longer than you'd expect. You feel like you're suffocating from being waterboarded. I started gagging about halfway through and peed a little. <laughs> My functions stopped functioning. <laughs> they want to have rules like the actors can't touch you, but then they try and kill you at the end. <laughs> Worst experience of my life, zero out of ten. Uh, one star. I, I got sympathy. I'm a claustrophobic person. That sounds like such a nightmare. Here's the thing, the though. The waterboard there so, hot hallway. There were a lot of reviews that are like, yeah, I gagged <laughs> in the tunnel of foam. Sure. But there were almost as many reviews that say there's a wet exit and a dry exit. And you have oh, the choice. You, so the, they are implicit in... in in the self, it's a self waterboard here. Yeah, you, you done did it to yourself. It, they're sort of, do you want a car wash on the way out, or you just want to leave? <laughs> yeah. And they pick the a car wash. I would do the car wash personally. That's too much to get rid of my stink. I'll get rid of my stink <laughs> in the comfort of my own home, where I, where I'm in control, where that, I know that stink's going down the drain. I'm not gonna get that over foamage. The overfoam, dude. I that that sounds so awful. Yeah, there were a lot of reviews that people were like, oh, I make sure you put your your shirt over your mouth so you can breathe. Yeah, I was gonna say that <laughs> reminds me. In my since it's spooky times, let, let me air publicly for the world to hear of my greatest phobia, which I'm pretty claustrophobic. Besides, I have one more that's worse. I'm sure I've mentioned it casually on the podcast somewhere. Catch up. You're starting to – no, that's just gross. I'm not scared of it. I'm not afraid. I'm angry at it. I'm okay. mad. It inspires anger. <laughs> but uh, so I I have looked into how to – if you're buried alive, how to get, like get out of the coffin. Oh. And one of the strats is before you, you crack the sucker open, you put your shirt over your head and tie off the uh, the neck hole. And that creates a sort of pocket. So when you're digging up against the dirt, you got your little air pocket in there. Oh, ideally. my goodness. Wow. And you can kind of pull your hands in a little bit or pull on the shirt and try and, you know, give yourself some breathing air. And hopefully, as you're shimmying out, you know, the air flow from the bottom, hopefully it's all good. Is that just standard, like, buried under dirt? Or is that after you bust your way out of a coffin? Well, if you're buried under dirt, hopefully... It might be tough because you're gonna get dirt in the shirt. You might be that's submerged, true. but that's yeah. Sort of a, oh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> we're in a, we're in a box, 
You gotta, you first, you, you get the shirt, or first you start kicking a hole. You, you kick the shit out of a hole in the side. <laughs> and then you use, like, using the back, you dig in the dirt and start okay. to start digging out through the hole. And as the coffin is about full, hopefully there should be enough to start, like, shimmying out and upwards. And that's when you initiate shirt tuck. I dig it. Even though I wouldn't have gone in the wet side, I would be prepared. The wet side would not have conquered me. I'm bigger and better. No, there were some people who said, my 10-year-olds did it just fine. <laughs> <laughs> but no one under 13 should do it. Maybe it was like a, uh, they were down on the lower level. They were fine down there. The foam was, is hardly yeah, dense. They're saying like, it's, it's getting people who are tall and six feet tall. It's getting <laughs> women and children. They're getting lost in if there. If you were a brontosaurus, you would have dropped dead immediately. It would have filled uh, your lungs like like foam. Yeah, obviously. What the what stood out most is that the Chanel admitted to peeing a little. Mm, right, we didn't cover the piss. <laughs> but, but I think bigger than that on second read is that uh, Chanel says, my functions stopped functioning. That's terrifying. <laughs> that, yeah, you're legally dead. Yeah, that's when Pikachu hits you with a thunderbolt, that 15% chance to paralyze. And then you're just watching Pikachu kick your ass while you can't even move or anything. (laughs) Except it's real and you're in foam. That's no way to go. But I think she did just have a panic attack, for real. She said said that's the closest. I think she just experienced one. Yeah, yeah, that was the real deal. Yeah, that's because that's how it feels. It feels like you're not controlling. Your functions ain't your functions no more. There's somebody else's. You're just there suffering. (laughs) A little, you know, a little pee-pee might come out. That's 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 what they don't tell you. <laughs> Behind the curtain of panic attacks, the uh, the glamorous world of panic attacks. So you get through the foam, I think, is you just wet it all down. That's uh, so. so. You're just talking pee laser your way through the foam. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> don't worry, gang. I got this. <laughs> We're going to get out of here. <laughs> like a mag rail right through the middle. And you just start booking it. Like a coral line. Crawl through it like a coral line. <laughs> oh. um, do you have a review? Yeah, absolutely, bud. I have Unless a re- you want to keep going on that. No. Well, I mean, we did just reach the P-Laser coral line yeah. a bit. But I think... <laughs> like a photo that just the the statement of the bit that's worth a thousand <laughs> words i have an amazon review for the larp gears halloween costume party baby mask full head for adults latex cry baby mask i'll show you a picture i heard it, it, baby it's a big ugly rubber baby? crying baby mask i don't know am i gonna love it i don't know if you can <laughs> <laughs> The answer is no, I don't love it. No. Oh, he's got such pronounced veins. <laughs> right. It's in the in the spirit of sort of the president caricature pictures. It's it's ugly on purpose, kinda. Mm-hmm. And it is it's like you know how babies' heads are big? Yes. It makes you have like a baby head proportion. <laughs> Size with your body a little bit. But don't take it from me. Take it from WVA girl. They title it Well Made. West Virginia. I I assume. 
Um, wow, Doxter. Cut, this cut, was cut as advertised. It is a sturdy material. I personally could not wear it because I couldn't breathe, but I hate wearing masks for any kind of reason. I am not I am using it on a skeleton, so will work out great. <laughs> Pairing it with my balling baby five stars. Wait, wait. So there's another you're pairing the skeleton with the yeah, baby. So that she bought she bought a Halloween skeleton man and put a baby head on a top. That is horrifying. She acted like it's a sort of peanut butter and jelly type <laughs> ubiquity level of pairing. Oh, everyone knows the classic skeleton with the baby head bit. Yeah. Big old baby head on a, on a body of bones. I'm glad you said that because that's what got me. Anyway, you shake that trope that she uh, allegedly is very ubiquitous. I I think it's not it's not creepy in the right way at all. No, no, it's creepy in that like you have questions about the person who did it. <laughs> right, it's it's not the sort of creepy as like you'd see it in a haunted house and go whoa it's the sort of creepy like buffalo bill would have that chilling <laughs> and maybe that's i now that we've come full circle maybe that's what west virginia vibe is going on on halloween <sighs> take me home <laughs> country roads west virginia i don't know i'm trying to picture coming upon such an amalgamation right human adult human skeleton with big child baby mask giant baby by itself uh resident evil village has told me that's creepy giant baby's probably the creepiest thing i've ever seen in a video i legitimately <laughs> resident evil usually doesn't bother me because it's sort of an action game right you're always in control any scary yeah. thing you See, you can shoot with a grenade launcher, and it's really not an issue for you anymore. <laughs> but the whole point of the baby is you can't do that, and maybe that's why it's so scary. But I literally do not fuck with the Resident Evil Village baby. I don't know if all of our listeners know what Resident Evil Village baby is, but don't Google it. It's nah. There's a segment with a big baby. <laughs> it's chasing you around a, a, a mansion, and it the baby does eat baby. you. It does eat yeah. you if it finds you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, taking that head and putting it on a skeleton, I, I don't mm. know. Mm. I think it diminishes its power a little bit. It's like putting Darth Vader helmet on a skeleton. Right. This isn't, mm. this isn't like put two things together and make it stronger. It's put two things together and they extinguish each other. Yeah. This is like putting soap on a pee-pee stain, you know what I mean? <laughs> They're going to cancel each other out. <laughs> right. Famously. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking of what two like ingredients go together because not water and oil. That's a different metaphor. Mm -hmm. I can't think of any two flavors that cancel each other out like normally. No, it's like paint and paint thinner. <laughs> <laughs> just evaporates into thin air. <laughs> it's like it's like a skeleton in a baby mask, right? A baby body with a skeleton head. Ooh. Yeah, that's creepy. That's creepy. And I don't, but I don't know if, I feel like there's tangled messaging there. That's true. That might be saying something you don't want to say. That reminds me of the Dante, Dante's Inferno game from the Xbox 360 era uh -huh. one. 
where like you played through Dante's Inferno, except instead of being like just a normal like a writer, Virgil or it's, who's the main? Not Virgil. He's the writer guy. Who's the main character? Uh, Dante. Is it Dante? <laughs> oh yeah, Dante. Instead of being <laughs> like just a normal guy walking through, he's he's like the god of war with a scythe and he murders everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah, there is a part in Limbo where there's, like, a bunch of babies that attack mm-hmm. you. So, been done, probably, treading right. ground the, here. We sh- the unbaptized babies. Yeah, maybe that's what she's trying to touch on. What if the untied ba- baptized babies in Limbo grew up, th- grew up to have skeleton bodies? <laughs> that would be kind of crazy. Okay, so I guess West Virginia Girls on some next level stuff. I'm back on board. Back on board with this. This is the creepiest Halloween party. Not just creepy, but it's thought-provoking, and that's what I really like about it. I'm going to ponder <laughs> it on break here. All right. Last break. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to our lovely little podcast. If you'd like to go above and beyond in supporting our show or have the most fabulous conversation starters since sliced bread, go to reviewparty.com.com. Click on shop and explore some fabulous t-shirt designs. Where's your favorite place to wear a t-shirt? On my body. (laughs) Mine mine is at the store. (laughs) That is a good place to wear a t-shirt. Reviewbuddy.com.com. Click shop. Why stop there? Don't stop now. Don't stop me now, because I'm buying a t-shirt. I'm buying a shirt. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the second half of the episode, and welcome to Great... Reviews in history. Ooh, a great segment for a great holiday episode. How exciting. That it is. These ones are always dang fun. I'm glad. I'm glad I found something I enjoy in life. I'm kidding. <laughs> There's a lot I enjoy. But this is special. Halloween already feels special, but this is these are fun. I have some newspaper reviews for The Invisible Man, released oh. in 1933. That is... A classic, classic horror movie. Yeah, yeah. In my mind, that's that one is one of the rare ones that holds up in like a ton of. They all hold up in unique ways, but that one holds up in like a, a psychological horror way that sure. I don't think the other ones do. Yeah, yeah. From that, yeah, era. it doesn't. It can't. Many of them can't quite grab you as much, mm. but this one still can. Uh, this first review is from the Brownsville Herald, 17th of December, 1933, Brownsville, Texas, in case anyone is wondering. We're, we're talking about Texas and claustrophobia this episode. It's, it's the name of the game. It's the scariest things ever. <laughs> uh, this article is titled, The Climax to Grotesquerie Shows Sunday. Uh, the Invisible Man, Fantastic Film at Rivoli. The Invisible Man has arrived to join the weird procession of characters who have beaten a fantastic path across the pages of screen history. The Invisible Man, moreover, threatens to become the most effective of all the blood-chilling creatures created by Hollywood for hair-raising and spine-tingling purposes. Opening Sunday at the Rivoli Theater in San Benito, 
The unseen character who vanishes into the ether to upset the rhythm of the universe proves beyond doubt his right to a prominent position in the ranks of the grotesque. The Invisible Man tops all chilly creatures by performing his sinister deeds under the always scary cloak of invisibility. (laughs) Just as the dark is fear-compelling because of unseen things which might lurk in its inky blackness, a man who can bend his bodily substance and outline into the air, such as Jack Griffin, the mad super scientist of H.G. Wells' tale, possess more than human power. It is this power and its graphic effect on the other characters of the screenplay which provides the Invisible Man with its stunning strangeness. Not in many months has a film caused such a startling sensation as this speculative screen treatise on visibility, a subject, by the way, which has intrigued man for countless ages. It is interesting to note that while Hollywood has provided the theaters for these frightening characters, Europe actually conceived them. Victor Hugo, Robert Louis Stevenson, Bram Stoker, Mary Shelley, and now H.G. Wells very probably never had Hollywood vaguely in mind when they imagined their strange tales. Blah, blah, blah. It talks about <laughs> <Yeah>. the cast. <laughs> wow. Did you know these movies are written by people in Europe, even though they were made in America? <laughs> the rest of the review is very good, besides that. Uh, yeah, that, that was sort of a, that was an appetizer. Mm-mm. Now we're getting to ones where it seems like bizarre that the quote reviews from this day and age many of them just kind of tell you half the plot in the review right (laughs) it's just a a synopsis with a little extra fixins yeah or they're like really stoked to tell you all about how the makeup Mm. is done i think it's just like you know film was such a young genre and yeah by that film critique was even younger we gotta explain this stuff Pictures moving was still a spectacle to a (laughs) lot of people in America and the world. Well, here is uh, a review from the Times Union, Brooklyn, New York, Saturday, November 25th, 1933. H.G. Wells' novel, The Invisible Man on Albie Screen. Movie fans who favor the mysterious, the grotesque, and the chilling will find plenty of entertainment this week at the Albie Theater, where the screen version of one of H.G. Wells' fantasies is being shown. The Invisible Man, the picture is called, and it is, a de- and it is a delightful illustration of cinematic trickery, as well as a blood curdler of no mean proportions. A fair leaven of comedy enhances the film so that its more fantastic and thrilling scenes are properly alleviated. But in any case, The Invisible Man is essentially a horror picture, and it outdoes such notable productions as Dracula, Frankenstein, and the others in that respect. The principal character, a chemist who discovers a formula which renders him invisible while enabling him to keep all physical attributes, is portrayed by Claude Rains, an Englishman new to the American screen. Virtually all one can say of Mr. Rains is that his diction is marvelous, (laughs) (laughs) since he himself is not seen at all during the course of the picture, and appears only briefly in a final shot. As the film... (laughs) Yeah, literally. Uh, as the film is unreeled, Mr. Raines, as Jack Griffin, the Invisible Man, is completely swathed in bandages, gloves, and clothing, or else he appears only as a pair of trousers or some such partial habiliment. The effects are ludicrous at times, but they never bore or annoy the audience. Watching a pair of pajamas go to bed is a treat in itself. (laughs) (laughs) 
As to the story, it follows Mr. Wells' novel only slightly. Griffin, unable to discover an antidote to his formula, is slowly driven mad. His antics arouse the countryside, and he is hunted down by Scotland Yard, soldiers, and volunteers. He wanders about he wanders about unmolested, killing a police inspector who refuses to believe there is such a character as an invisible man. He steals the trousers from a bobby. When he finally made the center of a wide ring of officers holding hands, he, he wrecks a train. That's quite a list. Mr. Raines, through the actions made visible only by his grotesque draperies, but especially through the medium of his voice, does a splendid job of the unfortunate scientist. Uh, then we talk about the rest of the cast, who apparently do a fine job. Yeah, spoiler culture was it uh, was in its infancy as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this yeah. one too. He's going, he's going to kill somebody. Uh, yeah, just... he's going to throw a train. You're going to see his face <laughs> on the final shot of the film. So get ready for that. Uh, then he kills some cops. He uh, drinks some milk that looks crazy. Sometimes he's pajamas. <laughs> Uh, all right, wrapping this up. Finally, I have uh, the Oklahoma News, the 24th of December, 1933. This is real. Yeehaw, country. Yeah. Claude Rains. I mean, it could have been like syndicated, and this is just this is the copy that I found this article mm, in. I don't right, know for right. sure, but this is Yeehaw Country, uh, and I think they did it the best. Claude Rains, the Invisible Man, gives the best performance. Quote, we've n- never seen. <laughs> oh, now, ta- now we got some jokes. Midwest. This picture should be reviewed in invisible ink, but if it were, you'd never know how entertaining it is. That's just, that's just the byline. Now, here we go. Paradoxically, The Invisible Man, Universal's amazing film, is a horror picture without peer and a comedy seldom equaled. In other words, it's a scream any way you take it. Personally, we took it with a shriek, a hey nani nani, a ha cha cha, and of course, a grain of salt. (laughs) The pace of the Invisible Man is terrific. In the vernacular, we find him hard to get ready for. I don't know what that means, Uh, but whatever. We see him in his room in a village inn, garbed in a dressing gown, his head swathed in bandages, wearing dark goggles. He's taken a drug of his own concoction, which has made him invisible. He is poring over his test tubes and formulae in an effort to beat his way back to visibility. The innkeeper doesn't like the idea of having his premises haunted by such a mysterious individual. He calls a policeman. The policeman calls an officer. The officer calls a cop. And the cop calls a posse. They congregate in the invisible man's room to arrest him. All right, you fools. You asked for it. The I am hisses. Whereupon the gentleman starts to disrobe. He takes his bandages from his head, and there's nothing there. Of course, one could say that could happen in the case of a lot of people. (laughs) 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 Off goes his shirt, and then we see nothing but a pair of pants hopping about the room. Now he's all ready for a Lee Tracy climax. Uh, That must be a 1930s reference, because I... Old Lee Tracy. Yeah, that just sounds Uh, like a made-up old-timey name. (laughs) Big time. Whereupon, one of the dumb cops yells, Get him before he gets his pants off, or we'll never catch him. (laughs) Lee Tracy is best known for his portrayals in uh, 1920s to the 1940s of fast-talking, wisecracking news reporters, press agents, lawyers, and salesmen. 
He's a wise guy. Okay. He's a guy's cracking wise. This guy's cracking invisible. All right. Uh, get him before he gets his pants off or we'll never catch him. But his nebulous nibs beat the police to the draw. The great I am has jumped out of his last stitch. We feel the presence, hear the voice, and witness the nifty handiwork of the unseen nudist, however. He chokes a policeman for luck. He bowls the posse down the steps and scampers out to the village street. I need this, he says, shoving a ride from his bicycle. He mounts the cycle, or at least we suspect he does, because we see it speeding down the highway without a rider. There's another Keystone Cop sequence, too. Our phantom hero invisibles back to the inn while the sergeant of police is conducting a formal investigation of the last visit. A sergeant is accusing his subordinates and members of the posse of having been drunk. The evidence was against them. They said they had seen an invisible man. Just as the sarge leers, ha ha, there ain't no such animal. The spook throws a bottle of ink in the officer's face, chokes him, and then finishes the, <laughs> finishes the evening work by crowning him with a chair. This, this is kind of sound like a pornography. <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> Knowing he can now get away with murder, the I.M. decides to make himself dictator of the world. He envisions invisible armies to do his fighting. Hearing that the I.M. is an unwelcome guest in the home of a medical colleague, Gloria Stewart, the heroine, who loves the former scientist, goes to him. Just what, just what a girl can see in an <laughs> just what a girl can see in an invisible man, we don't know. Nature abhors a vacuum, but Gloria adored one. There's nothing to this invisibility, the girl counseled. Be yourself, and we'll be happy again. But the I.M. wouldn't listen. He wanted to be a kingfish. Then he gets downright mean. He robs banks, takes the money outside and throws it to the crowds. He wrecks trains. He kills his best friends. He haunts the entire countryside. Frankenstein's monster was a cubby bear compared to this fleet-footed crime wave. The I.M. makes the big mistake of working on his day off. He works so hard that he's all tired out and goes to sleep in a haystack. If there's anything harder to find in a haystack than a needle, it's an invisible man. <laughs> but they find him and end all our horror and fun. For months and months, movie fans have wanted to see the movie, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Mr. Raines gives an astounding performance consisting of backstage noises, hopping pants, flying pokers, riderless bicycles, wafting cigarettes, and mysterious voices. In fact, Mr. Raines is the most versatile actor we've never seen. You'll have a swell time at the Invisible Man. Don't miss it. Uh, that that review was funny, so I'll be I'll be poignant, maybe. Not okay. To, I'm not to self taught self taught what I'm about to say as poignancy, but I, I like that they talked about talked about how there there's comedy elements. I like that how yeah. that wasn't lost on them because I think that's an important aspect. That essentially the what sold so, sells all the effects in that movie is like stunt work, c comedy stunt work. You know, mm -hmm. ha doing basically three Stooges bits with one person, having to do all the reaction work, which is the important part of the stunt, <laughs> especially in like fight stunts, mm -hmm. without any indication of how you should react. Just just doing it. So, so yeah, I think that's I think that's a great thing. I think. Finn Rain's performance, even why it's so good, is it's you know that twisted part of between comedy and fear that 
Batman Joker operates on, the Evil Dead yeah. operates in, all, all yes. kinds of fantastic stuff. Best horror has that that twinge of uncomfortable comedy, but then comfortable comedy. <laughs> Freddy Krueger, all about that. Mm. So that's uh, that's all for the Invisible Man. That's Thanks. and that's all for great reviews in history. I I like my I like a little those little puns in there. They're fantastic. Yeah, they they were going going wild with it. <laughs> Uh, I didn't even like the ones we didn't understand. <laughs> oh, Lee Tracy. Well, uh, I think, um, you know, everyone's favorite part of Halloween really is mm. horror movies. Am I right, folks? Let's go. I got another one. This one is from Amazon for Children of the Corn. The 1984 <laughs> adaption of the Stephen King, Stephen King short story. Uh, Francis Booth Lynch, titles their review, has its ups and downs. They write, movie two of my 1984. Movie two of 1984 and 112 overall in my journey through films of my lifetime. Okay. So they're watching all the films they've ever liked again in chronological order. It's 1984. Get it. Thanks, Francis. As of writing this review, we are on the tail end of a gaming revolution in the form of battle royales. Games like PUBG, Fortnite, Apex Legends, and the current champion of popularity, Warzone. These games, which by the way isn't true, I think he just put his favorite. I think both Fortnite and Apex are much more popular than Call of Duty. Anyway, these games feature... The players in an abandoned area where they collect loot fight and try to be the last one standing before a circle of death, fire, poison, or force field consumes them. Dare I say that Children of the Corn would make a fantastic battle royale. It would make all the sense. Indeed, it would make more sense than the movie Children of the Corn. Well, that's (laughs) not completely fair. Children of the Corn makes sense in, in that it's just kind of pointless. Oh, first, I will say, I was never bored, and I always appreciate that. On quality alone, I would recommend the picture. Another compliment I can give is the movie casting of the character Isaac. This was a gem of an actor to get for this role. Unfortunately, I can't say I have any more positive aspects to report. King's work comes off formulaic here. He takes a situation of insured isolation, adds a character with mystic powers, throws in a cult, and a monster for good measure. There were very cheap jump scares, pointless rivalries, dangling plot points, unintelligent character motivations, and possibly the worst ending in this entire retroactive. By ending, I don't mean the final act. That was fine. I mean the end, then roll credits ending. Folks, it was bad, and the editor should have been never permitted to work again. I'll say this. If you have an hour and a half to kill, and Children of the Corn is the only entertainment that you have available to you, Well, you could do worse, way worse. You might even have a little fun along the way. Pros, fun to watch. Has all the classic Stephen King elements to a fault. Classic horror elements. Grainy, grindhouse aesthetic. Cons. Fairly pointless film. Uninteresting main characters. Derivative of King's other works, at least in film form. Two stars. Dang. Just harshing it, man. Harshing it. I I feel like I don't know. The pros were worth more than than two stars there. 
yeah, I don't know if you're going to sit and watch it, like rivet it, but put it on, get some, get some background noise while you fix supper on an October evening. Sure. Got a little, got a little, I got some going on in the background while you're yeah, fixing that spooky look up, vibes. <laughs> look up from the stew pot. Oh, oh little people getting killed. Okay, cool. <laughs> oh, wow. Freaky little kid on some corn maze. That's aesthetically. That's, that's the thing about this movie is, yeah, I don't think it aged well, but, you know, the cinematography going on is pretty striking in a lot of places. It's, I thought it was pretty iconic. Pretty pretty iconic, you might even Some say. imagery that, that people people recognize. That's all I'm saying. But what do you think of the, the Children of the Corn Battle Royale? That, my goodness. <laughs> I guess that'd be cool. It it just makes me think like well what he really thinks is he wants dead by daylight, basically. Yeah, that's kind of what that sounds like. Yeah, dead by daylight on sort of a bigger scale, an asymmetric, uh, big. Uh, I don't know, killer children. I think it might be a better single player experience. Honestly, you're the one or two people that arrive in this scary place, and you have to, you know do various puzzles and and get out of various scary places Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because the children this part of what's scary about the children is they're everywhere they're sort of you know they're in every little nook and cranny creeping out ready to eat your corn no this movie wouldn't be scary if it was children of the popcorn (laughs) no not even close i was just It'd be like a photo shoot or something. Lily, you're in that popcorn. Donnie, you know, look at you, little little rascal. Just a big ball pit. It would be more gross than scary because ball pits are gross. Do you have a review? So do you want a review where where people are like almost entirely unredeemable? <laughs> or do you want a review where people are like, oh, and in the end people are good? I think I think we gotta have the unredeemable people. <laughs> I think that's what people really come for. It's just the yeah. atrocious, nasty people reviews. <laughs> it's of of. I mean, they're both on theme, but it mm. it truly is uh, something I try to do every year on a Halloween episode. It's a different purveyor, but this is a, a Google review of Direct Casket Outlet. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Trusted Caskets this year. It's it's Direct Casket. Can't believe there's competing online casting ordering services yeah uh here's a review from z uh they write i went to the store 9 1917 to get prices for my brother's burial i walked in with my brother and one of my deceased brother's sons the older man who owned the store was rude and inconsiderate of the fact we just lost our loved one my brother happened to be obese (laughs) the older owner made comments like i heard we had a big one in how much did he weigh (laughs) oh no my nephew commented on him being rude and stepped out of the store. The owner shifted his attention to other customers and we were left to speak to the younger owner who apologized for the other owner's behavior. Not what you want to experience in a time of sorrow. Two stars. Oh, uh, so, man, that younger owner really had to do a great really job things to over. salvage that star there. <laughs> there is a response from owner. Uh, as the owner of Direct Casket Outlet, please accept my sincerest apologies for you and your family. I know the loss of a loved one is a difficult time. The man you met with was Robert Haley. He is not an owner of the store. He writes the prearrangement policies for us. This, however, is unacceptable behavior from anyone representing my business. He has been reprimanded and instructed to be more sensitive. Wow. 
But uh, yeah, at that point, the bet's been made. <laughs> I don't know if I want to never be the guy that works at the funeral home who's taking it easy like that, or if I want to be that guy. <laughs> oh, boy. We got a couple of couple of wide loads in this room. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Oh no, I, I just write the I write the cards. I'm I'm just commenting on myself. Are you sure you want to? You stop at a casket place, or you got to go to like a construction rental situation here, bub? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. This was like the lightest. It's always a bit un. <laughs> unsettling reading these reviews yeah sure and i looked i looked like a pet cemetery to see if i could find anything oh, fun there people no. cremating their snakes and, and turtles was kind of interesting but <laughs> other than that it's right mostly, it was a little hmm but it wasn't it's a- mostly just sad <laughs> so when i saw yeah oh somebody oh you got a big dead body Ooh. <laughs> like, well that'll do man how can you how can you work at that type of place and not just be so trepidatious with every person you interact with? Yeah, you gotta be careful. Oh, that's crazy. I work at a freaking returns counter and I gotta be careful about it. Returning, <laughs> you don't ask people why they're returning dog food. You know what? I'll, I got a couple of the shorties. I think oh, we'll squeeze these because sh- we'll give you a little, a little extra treat. Yeah, let's let's not let's not end on the, the sad, the sad cast. Let's end on some treats. No, tricks. I got an Amazon two Amazon reviews for Brock's classic candy corn, classic Halloween candy corn, eleven ounce bag. Do you like candy corn? We probably yeah. had this discussion. I like it too. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. I'm not having it every day all year, but I'll have Me, it once. No, year. no. There are some sick people who eat it year-round. That is sick. And they're sick. Uh, here's a review from D. D titles their review, 40 years. I never liked candy corn. They write, but this year, I had enough for 40 years. Five stars. Not <laughs> oh. to make like the oldest joke that you make to like kids, but did they turn into a candy corn? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, this one's better. This one's from Braden Hendrickson. He titles his review, Great Candy Corn, and writes, My girl's second favorite thing to put in her mouth. No, not what, you th- not what you're thinking. I'm talking about bananas, you dirty-minded little man. Well, I feel bad for him. Oh, <laughs> uh, good point. I would have been stoked for him if it was if it, the number if it one was, thing. If it was what we were thinking of? If it was, if it was his <laughs> penis was, was number one. I would have been like, nice, brother. You won. Boys will be boys. Yes. <laughs> all right, that's all I got. That's all we got. Hey, thanks for listening. I hope you guys have some candy corn this year. Hey, this episode came out on Halloween. Crazy. So if you're listening, it's on or after. Thanks. I hope you had a good Halloween. Or about to have one good one. Uh, we got new episodes of this uh, every Tuesday. That's right. Hashtag Tuesday, Reviews Day. If you'd like to send in a review for us to make some funnies over, check. Uh, send a hyperlink to reviewparty.com at gmail.com. You can send a screenshot, too. Just send us some stuff to that email. Include your name so we can give you some credit. Email. <laughs> if you want to reach out to us and say, hey, boys, what's up? You can do that on social media. Instagram and TikTok at reviewparty.com. Twitter at Review Party Pod. Check us out on Letterboxd Review Party. Uh, and we've got a website. Yeah. 
it's reproduct.com.com. Yep. What are you going to do there? You're going to read the blog. You're going to see every episode and listen to the platform. You're going to enjoy blue. Just waves and waves of blue. Blue. You're also going to check out Nosebleeds. Probably on Spotify. Uh, check Their jam, Bread for Breakfast, was featured throughout the episode. They let use it as their theme song. It's very good. Uh, yeah, just search them on there. Nosebleeds. One word. So I was a little sad. The Five Nights at Freddy movies at the time of recording comes out in a couple days. Mm-hmm. So, so the uh, I I believe the what it was it called the review embargo is being lifted within a few hours of recording. Oh, so uh, I got a review instead of the uh, Steam 2014 Five Nights at Freddy's, the original. This review is written by iCavi. They write lovely little game, perfect for children learning math skills. Recommended. Uh-uh. 